Hello and welcome to another edition of the Screen Nerds Podcast. My name's Michael Burgett and thanks for joining me for this quick screen episode of Fast 10. Brand new film just out in theaters, checked it out and want to share some of my thoughts with you on the film. Now the film, if you haven't guessed by the title, is the 10th installment of the Fast and Furious franchise that has now been going on since 2001 and wow, it is, I can't believe it's been 20 something years now that this franchise has been going on and uh, I've seen every single one of them in the theater. I have been a fan since day one. Uh, If you remember my review from Fast 9, you uh, probably remember me talking about how much uh, I love this franchise and uh, it's one that I've grown up with to an extent. Uh, You know, seeing the first one when I was in college and all the way to today. And so I was super excited to check this one out. And like I said, it's the 10th installment of the franchise of Dom Toretto and his family. Uh, This time he is going up against Dante, uh, who is played by Jason Momoa uh, and is the son of the big bad in Fast Five. Uh, if you remember that film, uh, it was set in Rio de Janeiro. It was a hit, uh, what would be Dante's dad, uh, was, uh, the big bad there and, uh, Dom and Brian and the gang, uh, went down there to, uh, take them down. And, uh, in this one, we get a flashback to that, including seeing scenes with Paul Walker's uh, Brian, uh, and they intercut, uh, scenes from the end of that film into this film, uh, to kind of give the backstory of Dante so that, uh, when he gets up to present day, you see why Dante is who he is and does what he does, which is basically to make, uh, Dom and his entire family suffer, uh, for killing his dad. And that's really the premise of the film. Now, obviously, you know, with a Fast and Furious film, the storyline is just kind of the backdrop uh, for you know, racing, ridiculous, over-the-top stunts, uh, you know, and bonkers, you know, action sequences. Really, I mean, you go to see a Fast and Furious film for the the racing and the action sequences, and, and this one is no exception. This very much is a lot of over-the-top action, a lot of over-the-top racing, uh, even more so than I think some of the previous films, but not as much as I would say is like eight and nine. I think eight and nine were kind of the way over-the-top action sequences and way over-the-top like uh, moments. Like this one, I think, kind of ratchets it back a little bit so that it's somewhat more believable, uh, even though it really is kind of ridiculous. Uh, but honestly, I went in with high expectations because again, I love this franchise. I love this series. It's stupid at times. It's bonkers at times. Uh, but it's one that uh, I've, you know, I love and really enjoy. And I feel like this one to me gets back to the fun of four through seven. I feel like really four through seven is like the, the, antithesis uh for uh, or or it's really the heart of this whole series one two or three are very much their own thing 
Uh, I feel like from four on, it really shifted from being racing to racing and action sequences. And I feel like that this film gets more back to that. I feel like eight and nine, uh, well, especially for me, eight wasn't, is probably my least favorite of the franchise. Nine, if you remember my review and you can check it in the archives, uh, feel like was better than eight. Uh, I feel like this one is better than eight and, and nine. I feel like it's, like I said, it's more like four through seven with the way that it tells the story and with the action sequences and the racing and everything. And it does a pretty good job of tying up all the story of 20 something years of storytelling going all the way back to the first film. I think it honors all of that. I think it does a good job of uh, kind of getting that all together because it's difficult, especially when you have, so many characters and so much storytelling in a franchise like this, it's kind of difficult to kind of wrangle it all together. But I feel like this one does as good a job as you can do, especially given the fact that uh, it's getting to the end of the series. Uh, They've already stated that this is the beginning of the end. Uh, So the fact that they're they're trying to tie everything up, I feel like they did a pretty good job of that. Uh, the one exception being, and it's, it's been the exception going all the way back to eight is Paul Walker and his untimely and unfortunate death really has, has made it difficult for them storytelling wise to acknowledge Brian, to keep him around. And I feel like that this one, while it does, you know, acknowledge him at the beginning, obviously with archive footage and and showing the end of five and tying it in uh, really with the heart of the issue being uh, Dante wanting revenge on Dom and his family. The fact that Brian has just kind of ignored uh, the majority of the rest of the film uh, is probably like the one negative for me for, for this film. And obviously it's difficult again uh, when you're having to write around a character who in storyline is still alive, but the actor playing him has passed away. It's very difficult to do that. Um, but I think for the most part, for the rest of it, I think it's very good, especially when you have a cast that is so huge at this point uh, to make sure that everyone gets a good amount of screen time uh, and juggling all that. I think, they did a fair, fair job of that. I think there's some characters, uh, Mia, Jordana Brewster's character kind of gets short shifted, uh, a little bit again, but the fact that, you know, she's married to Brian, it kind of, she kind of has to kind of play on the sidelines for the majority of the film again, because of, because of that fact. Um, but I feel like really her character could have gotten a little bit more time, Uh, but everybody else, I feel like they did a good job. The fact that they split everybody up was probably a good narrative call. Uh, The fact that you've got really three or four different groups going on at the same time. And they was pretty good at uh, juggling everybody around for the most part. 
Um, but like I said, Mia is probably the one that got the short, drew the short straw of that. Uh, and maybe in 11, they bring you know, her back and she gets a little bit more airtime. Uh, but everybody else I thought was really good. Momoa, one of the best heel characters in the entire series. I, I feel like he is very, very Joker-esque. He's very over the top, very just psycho, bonkers, uh, very much like uh, someone who just, he, he just felt, really felt like he was just hamming it up a lot in this film. And it just works for this franchise, for this series. To have someone at this point be that over the top, uh, it just works. I think if you'd done this character maybe back in five or four, I don't think it would have worked. Uh, but I feel like that when it's gotten to this point, I feel like it just, it, it fits the, it fits the universe of this, uh, this storylines. It fits this, uh, this narrative. And so I think it works really well. Um, everybody else is just their usual selves in this one. I think I like the, uh, the new characters that were brought in, Brie Larson as Tess. Uh, now that I think about it, she's another one that didn't really get a whole lot of screen time. Uh, but they introduced her. And so, again, maybe in 11, she gets more time. Uh, Alan Rickman, uh, or Richmond, uh, the guy that plays uh, Reacher in the uh, Amazon Prime series, Uh I liked him. I thought he was he was another good character that uh, is kind of like a secondary villain in, in this one, uh, working with the agency and everything. And really, he was. I, I thought he he fit right in with the rest of the group. Uh, out of the returning characters, I, I really love John Cena's Jacob. Uh, I thought that he had really, you know, along with Momoa, I thought he had the most fun. Uh, and a lot of it was he was spending time with uh, Dom's son. And so he was kind of being that protector. And uh, th- that that whole relationship between, you know, his you know nephew uh, and him was just so much fun. And really just uh, it, it showed off both his action and his humor uh, in, in a way that uh, all audiences can enjoy. Because some of, you know, some of his stuff has been, you know, when it leans into the humor and the action, it's very much more R-rated. And so this one is, you know, dialed a little bit more towards uh, PG-13. And so uh, it, more audiences can see, see his humor and action together like this. And so I thought that he really had the most fun uh, out of the uh, the good guys uh, in the film. Uh, everybody else, like I said, pretty much on par. Uh, there are a couple of surprises at the end of the film. Uh, not going to spoil it. You have to watch it for yourself. Uh, but a couple of people that one that was kind of rumored that was going to show up that kind of got spoiled, uh, for me going in, uh, but still surprising. And then the other one was a complete surprise was not expecting at all. And it'll be definitely interesting to see in 11, how, uh, the ramifications of that play out, uh, in, in the story. Uh, and this one really was a cliffhanger. And obviously that we know that there's at least one more film. There's rumors that there may be a 12th film. 
but the fact that there was a cliffhanger to this one, uh, and there really has never been a cliffhanger in, in a lot of the previous films. There's been like in sequences where it's like, uh, more to the story, but this one had like a true cliffhanger moment because of the fact of how and where they ended the story, which I thought was kind of interesting. And again, it's unique to the series. Uh, and so it, it makes me interested to see where they go next with the film. Like I said about the action sequences, they're bonkers. They're not as completely over the top as uh, 8 and 9 were. A little more reined in, but this one, I I really enjoyed the action sequences. I love the racing parts of it, uh, especially in Rio de Janeiro. It really goes back to the roots of the first film, which I think, again, ties everything up together in a good way. Um, Love the music. Music fits the uh, international vibe to the film. And there's a lot of different locations with this film. Obviously, you mentioned Rio, Rome, Portugal, U.S. It's, it covers England, uh, does a great job of covering the globe because this is a international franchise. It's a worldwide franchise. And uh, I think it always does a good job of hitting those different locations and, and making you feel like you're there in those different locations. Uh, I've went on and on. I love this film. It's, I know it's cheesy at times. I know the series is bonkers at times, uh, but it's, it's in my wheelhouse of fun. It, I go to watch fast cars, have lots of action and just go and enjoy myself at the movies. Uh, and that's what, this film and this series is about. And I think that this does a great job of that. Uh, I went and saw it in IMAX perfect for IMAX, uh, because of just the visuals and the sound, they just go together very well on an IMAX screen. Uh, so definitely if you get an opportunity to see it, see it in an IMAX, see it in a premium screen, uh, because it just makes the experience better, uh, to take that all in and just be a part of that experience in watching it uh, on a big screen and and in a big theater like that. Uh, But like I said, it's a fun film. But at this point, you know what you're getting with a fast film. Uh, You know what you're signing up for when you buy a ticket and go in. Uh, So obviously, if you you know that you love these films and you enjoy these films, uh, highly recommend it. Uh, I think that if you're going in and you haven't seen any of them, uh, at the very least, you need to see five uh, before seeing this one um, to really un- to really understand and appreciate uh, what the story is telling. Um, obviously, there's nine films that lead up to this one, uh, but I feel like that this film really owes a lot to five as far as the narrative goes. Uh, so, if you want to, if you have to watch any film to get caught up. Uh, really watch five and then you can lead into this one. Um, like I said, it's fun film. I loved it. It's a, it's a blast. Very enjoyable. That's fast 10 for me. Uh, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the film when you see it or any film that you've been checking out of late. You can let me know your thoughts anytime by email screen nerds podcast at gmail.com. You can always find us on Twitter at screen nerds pod and tweet your thoughts there. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search out Screen Nerds Podcast. 
like the page and share your thoughts there. And if you get an opportunity, please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast, whether it's on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Good Pods, CastBox, Amazon Music, wherever it is that get your podcasts. If you would, please rate and review. Leave a five-star review, hopefully. Leave a written review. All those things matter with the algorithms and getting the word out. Uh, It really does help a lot and really appreciate it if you do that. Thanks a lot for that. If you have, if you haven't yet, please do so. So again, thanks for joining me for this quick screen episode. My name is Michael Burgett, and we will catch you on the next episode.